guys. Welcome back to our special edition of It's a Theater Thing, the Fosse Verdon Recap. So we're already on episode three, and Aaron and I have a lot to say. This was a really interesting episode, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Again, I regret that I do not know anything about Gwen, but this episode just gave me so much new information about her life. Mm-hmm. And we'll get we'll get into more details later, but uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda tweeted out a link to a Vanity Fair article in which they say that they're pretty much breaking a lot of news about Gwen on the show because she was very private about her life to the point of she wouldn't tell biographers a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's good to see some background on her. It's, you know, it's kind of nice because up until now, we've been really seeing more about Bob than Gwen. So it's great that they're starting to give her equal time. So <laughs> the show opens up with the title card. You know, there's always they have these fabulous title cards uh, mm-hmm. every episode. And this one says uh, it's day one of editing on the cabaret film. And we open with Bob walking down the hall to the editing suite. And all of a sudden, he's having this dancing fantasy. I don't know. Did you think those were just girls he was dancing with? Or were they supposed to be secretaries? I kind of thought maybe they were supposed to be secretaries in the bill, working in the building that it, just started dancing. It, <laughs> they did kind of leave it open. I do think maybe it was the idea of like maybe he saw one secretary walking by, and so that kind of like sparked it. And of course, mm-hmm. then he had to have his full chorus join in. Right. Um, so I think I think it's a mix of that. I think it's uh, it definitely obviously was in his fantasy, but I think it kind of just shows the everyday things that inspired him and and brought that urge out. Mm-hmm. I also think it it was a good way to communicate his attitude walking in, where he was just feeling pumped and good, and he had a positive attitude about how the movie was going to turn out. Yeah. Now, we want to keep in mind that in our in the last episode, he was actually away. He was on Majorca, and so this is him coming back from Majorca, getting ready to, to edit, and... He learns that while he's away, they've already cut the movie. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he doesn't look too a, happy. A, a first draft. They knew it wasn't finished, but mm-hmm. yeah, he was shocked that they would even go that far right, without him. Right. And to think that that first draft was four hours, I can't even imagine sitting through four hours. But. I guess there was so much good stuff there, they didn't want to cut it out. Right, yeah. Um, they obviously knew they needed Bob's okay and say-so on a lot of takes, mm-hmm. so they didn't want to, you know, bear it down to what they probably thought would be passable. They just wanted him to see everything. Right. Yeah. Well, he's not too happy. <laughs> after watching all four hours, I'm not sure I'd be too happy either after four hours, even if it was good. Um, <laughs> but he he's kind of looking at it like it's just this big mess. And he has ends up having another fantasy sequence as he's leaving. And this time things are falling over and the hallway is dark and he's being dragged down this dark hallway, which tells you what his state of mind is after watching the film. 
Definitely feeling trapped, definitely feeling a void missing. Yes, yes. And and probably thinking, okay, this this is going to be the end of my career. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So once he's had that fantasy, we cut to that amazing apartment that they keep showing. And apparently from watching you guys, if you get a chance... On the 92nd Street Y Facebook page, they have a video of a talk with all the creatives and Michelle Williams and Sam Rockwell and Nicole Fossey is there as well. And they talk about the making of the show and they have some personal questions for Nicole. And one of the questions for Nicole was, was that apartment real? Because you don't see an apartment that big in New York City. And she said, yes, it actually was that big they actually I believe bought the apartment next door when they found out that Gwen was going to have a baby and knocked through the walls and made it one big apartment so if you've ever been in a New York apartment they're not always that big so that's pretty unusual (laughs) yeah I was thinking they had to have done something like that because that was just honestly I didn't think it, it I didn't think it was an apartment I thought it was a house for a mm-hmm. second there and I'm like but wait he came up in an elevator wait you know if you look out the window it's a building right you know they're up a couple of floors like hmm okay it's definitely an apartment so anyway fancy. yes very <laughs> fancy so we cut back to the apartment and Nicole is playing cards with her nanny, or at least someone I assume is the nanny. They never really say, but that's what it seems to be. And Gwen is preparing dinner for Nicole. And it's very domestic. I think it's actually very sweet. I I think throughout this series so far, we've sort of seen this very domestic side of Gwen that I don't know that your average star would be, you know, taking part in. But anyway, she's making dinner. Oh, and guys, I apologize if you hear barking. Those are my theater dogs again. Um, <laughs> they they like Fosse uh, Verdon too. Anyway. <laughs> they got to get their two cents in. Yes, yes. Yes. So Gwen is making dinner and Bob shows up. Let the drama begin. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, and Aaron, what does he have to tell us? Um, well, yeah, he walks in and it is just like classic type A personality going through a separation. Like he just comes in and fills the room with energy. And Gwen has sat and made this beautiful, healthy little dish of broccoli and rice and like, okay, eat your trees. You know, you got to eat your trees. And he comes in with, take out Chinese. Right. And is like, oh, no, we're fine. We'll eat this. And yeah, him and Gwen go off and into the living room, I guess not to have the fight in front of Nicole. Also, it kind of seems like it's getting later in the night. So she may have already finished dinner and gone up to bed. Mm -hmm. But they have a conversation and he talks about how he is going to be uh, the choreographer for Pippin. Mm-hmm. And Gwen kind of calls him out like, didn't you just pass on that like six months ago? You didn't want to do it. It didn't seem right. He and actually, he's, yeah, I think I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think he actually was going to direct Pippin, if I'm not mistaken. 
Oh, full directing. They, yes. They, they never really specificized, so yes. I didn't know. They just they said he was going to do Pippin. Mm-hmm. So I just assumed it was choreographer. But yeah, I, I do think, yeah, he directed, so that works. Mm-hmm. Um, so he announced that he was going to do the directing of Pippin, and she calls him out like, I thought you passed on that six months ago. And so I, she's kind of picking up that maybe he had some problems, you know, like, Something's wrong with Cabaret. Yeah. And, he, you know, he's kind of, again, hinting and just kind of comes out and says, like, okay, I need you in the editing room. Like, come yeah. in and help me. And she, well, hello there. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so she comes, she just comes out and says, I can't help you. I'm going to do a play. Right. Well, and that's true. Like one of the first things he says to them, actually he says it in front of Nicole, is that he's going to be working on Pippin. And the one thing that, well, there are two things that really struck me about those segments. First being is he just shows up at the apartment. I mean, they're separated at this point. And he just shows up at the apartment, doesn't call, nothing, you know, just comes in and, you know, acts like he still lives there. The other thing is when he tells Gwen he needs her help, she's kind of like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be doing a play. And immediately he tries to tear her down. He says, what, yeah. when was the last time you acted? I mean, <laughs> Best comeback ever, though. Yes. <laughs> when Flash Michelle had the best comeback ever with, oh, you came in about an hour ago? Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That when you came that when you came in an hour ago. But he How'd you like that? Yeah. But he keeps going on and on to, you know, really kind of mm-hmm. trying to grind her down, which was really surprising to me because I always felt, at least in watching this so far, that he was super supportive of her work. But I guess he had an agenda. He really wanted her to work with him and if she was working on this play she wasn't going to be working with him so yeah that scene really does kind of bring out that jealous side of him yeah where if he's not the center of attention oh oh something's wrong like what's going on Right. And the other thing we learn, because she kind of throws it out at him, well, you know, where's your German girlfriend, you know, the translator that he had hooked up with, that pretty much ruined their marriage. She, she, you know, he, he basically says, Oh, well, she left me, she went home, you know, she went back to Germany. And so it really shows us that he just needed somebody like he just always wanted to have someone around him. And I think he respected Gwen and her abilities. But he was a person who had to have some sort of support, whether it was Gwen or someone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they the, uh, they had that scene in the last episode, Who's Got the Pain, where she calls him out on that, like, you don't want me, you just don't want to be alone. Right, right. Yeah. And we even see Bob later on the phone trying to get a hold of, and I wasn't quite qu- clear who he was calling, but he was trying to call someone and her roommate answered, and because she wasn't around, he was ready to hook up with this girl. <laughs> Right. I was like, okay, that would have to be the most interesting thing because you're a chorus girl in New York. You're probably living like five roommates to an apartment just Mm -hmm. to make ends meet. And Bob Fosse calls. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna you're gonna flirt back a little bit. You're gonna you know see what he wants. I mean, I would think. Oh yeah. Especially if, especially if the roommate's not around. Like, uh, of course, because he could get you the job. Exactly. So yeah, that was that was a really interesting scene. Yeah. Yes. So not long after this, for the first time, we start to learn about Gwen's past. Uh, we see flashes of her youth, and it's pretty obvious that there were some unsavory things that went on when she was younger. And then we're back in the editing room again. And for our Broadway fans, uh, you will spot Ethan Slater as Joel Gray as they're um, editing a scene. And that was really cool to see Ethan Slater. Yes. Yes, we, oh. love, we love Ethan Slater. And unfortunately, Bob is hating the scene. <laughs> yeah, he, he does not like that, that particular cut. Yes, and he, he just wants to cut the whole thing. And he just seems like he's at loose ends at this point. I kind of got the feeling it wasn't even so much that he's hating what he's seeing on the screen. He's uncomfortable in his own skin and not confident with his decisions. It just seemed like nothing was right for him. Mm. So then he gets surprised by Gwen. She comes in with Nicole in tow. And she has a meeting and she needs to drop Nicole with him and he's kind of resistant to it. But, you know, sorry, has no choice. <laughs> That's my, my, my favorite line of that scene was Bob saying, I'm not a sitter. And Gwen just shooting back with, yeah, you're better. You're cheaper. Right. Because <laughs> this is your kid. You're not sitting your parenting. Right. There is an important thing that we find out during this this time because they do argue and they go out into the hallway to discuss the situation. And he lets her know that he's still taking second all. And he's also taking Dexedrine, which I'm sure wasn't good because, you know, we, we all know later on he ends up having heart issues. I'm sure that contributed and his smoking because that's, an, that's another thing that they really point out that he's still smoking. And so we find out that he's taking these pills as well, which, you know, really, it, it, that was just, you know, predicting disaster. But then we cut to Gwen is at a meeting with her agent and mm -hmm. she's being told that she has to audition for this part in the play. And the play is actually called Children, Children. And if there's anyone out there who has information about this play, please let us know. Uh, you can email us at theaterthing at gmail.com. I'm dying to know more about this play because I can't are, find anything. <laughs> we are at a loss, people. This is, yes. yeah, we are intrigued. Now we are Gwen fans here and we want to know. Yes, apparently it only played one performance. So I'm guessing they'll probably address that in the series, but I'd love to know more information about it. So her agent, and I, I have to say, I love her agent. Because he's just so supportive of her. And he's got this attitude of like, how dare they ask you, Gwen Verdon, to audition? I mean, you're a star. And she, you know, her attitude is, I don't blame them. You know, I'm, I'm known for musicals. I'm not known for doing straight plays. So mm -hmm. it showed really how down to earth she was because I think a lot of Broadway stars, really well thought of Broadway stars, 
would probably be personally insulted. (laughs) Yeah, it it shows her knowledge of the business side of it. Right. She she understands, like, they're investing a lot of money. They want to make sure this is a success. Like, they never have seen me be serious on stage. I'm always the goofy girl in the back or I'm singing and I'm dancing and I'm not going to be able to do that with this character. And the interesting thing is like Mel, her agent says, well, you know, let's give them some time. And she's like, no, tell them I'll do it. Tell them I'll audition. She's just, you know, and he says, he tells her, give it a week because he thinks Bob will come back. And she's like, no, you know, she's basically letting him know that's not the issue. She wants to do this play. She just wants this play. So we flash back to Bob and he's in a hotel room and he's with his friend, um, Patty Chavesky. I can never say, and I apologize for mutilating that name. I can never say it. (laughs) But anyway, he's telling him, Patty, I got to go. Can you watch the kid? Tag, you're it. Right. And again, if you guys weren't aware, that is uh, Norbert Leo Butts under all that makeup and facial hair. And I mean, he transforms himself in this role. I think he's amazing in this. And Oh I, my goodness, yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, everything about him is just different. The way he walks, the way he speaks, everything. So yeah, and, and Patty's just there because he thinks they're going to a movie. <laughs> Right, like, I'm hanging out with my friend Bob tonight, like, woohoo. Right. And Bob's like, nope, I got other plans. I'm going to go hook up with somebody. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll be back a half hour. And he just leaves Nicole with Patty. And, I mean, I understand he trusts Patty, but that's your kid. Right. It actually kind of showed how immature he was, that he would do something like that. And Mm -hmm. very disappointing. I would love to know what Nicole thought about it at the time. Or if she was even aware, you know, she may not even at that age, she may not have realized what was really going on. So uh, later, Gwen comes to pick up Nicole and she finds her alone with Patty in the hotel room and they're both on the bed just watching TV. And boy, does that trigger something for her. She's obviously disturbed. And that's when we get to see a little bit more of her past and what she went through. And when Bob comes back, she waits around for him. And Bob comes back and boy, does she have it out with him. Yeah, she, as soon as he walks in the door, he's like, oh, I'm in trouble. Right. <laughs> and and Gwen just ushers Nicole, like, go wait out in the hall for me. I got to go take care of your dad. <laughs> right. And and he doesn't understand. I mean, he's like, oh, it's just Patty. Like, nothing's going to happen. But she is obviously upset. I mean, she makes a point of saying they were, you know, both on the bed. And obviously, this is triggering memories for her. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so we see flashbacks of Gwen as a young woman. How old do you think she was in that scene? I think they said she was 16. Oh, so she was at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because in the very first episode, she, uh, you know, during the audition where she first meets Bob, they're talking about how she worked in burlesque at 14. Mm. And the stories are, you know, that her mother approved of it and just kind of helped her lie about her age 
to get her into these shows. So I think this was like after a few years that she had been doing this, like she would have been kind of getting a name for herself. So probably somewhere between 14 and 16, I think. Yeah. And she's actually, we see this flashback of her dancing. I assume this is in their home, kind of like at a party. It's Mm -hmm. obvious her mother is trying to promote her career. And there happens to be a critic there named James Hennigan. And that is actually played by another Broadway alum, uh, Santino Fontana. So that was kind of cool to see him. Right. Not in this particular character, but yeah, right. it's awesome to see him. Yes. I honestly had a hard time with that casting. Not that he didn't do a great job. It's just always really hard for me to see him play a bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad guy, but <laughs> but right. he most often plays good guys. I mean, even I don't know if you watched uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but even on that, even though he could be grumpy on that show, he was you always knew he was an inherently good person. So to see yeah. him playing this, you know, really evil guy was a little disconcerting and what we find out is that it's suggested not shown but James pretty much forces himself on Gwen and unfortunately uh, she it turns out that she's pregnant so her parents have a fit and and her father is actually really cruel about it I think her mother was I mean her mother was upset but I think her father was especially nasty right I I think, yeah, her her father was being the particular, you know, the stereotypical male of that generation. Yeah. And her mom understood what happened. Like, this was not your doing. This was, you knew not what you do. Yes. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But also for that time period, they got the guy to marry her, which was probably a mistake right there. But in those days, you did not have a baby. I mean, it was frowned upon to have a baby out of wedlock. And and this was, uh, I believe, the early 1940s. So, so (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you basically, you get someone pregnant, you have to marry them. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that was like judges would court order men to marry women who brought them to court oh i didn't know that well i that's awful well we see a little glimpse of their marriage and it's definitely not a good one Mm -hmm. um and then we cut back to gwen and she's showing up for the audition for the play and you know in the beginning everyone's very charming and they seem to get along well and then we find out later that she actually does get the part but she wasn't their first choice which is pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, it was shocking. And uh, but again, she handled that whole scene professionally because mm-hmm. uh, during the audition they were. I don't think necessarily digging at her. I just think they were all just trying to have fun. But they, you know, one said it, she asked like, "Oh, can I stand or do you want me sitting?" And the guy came back with, "Oh, whatever Lola wants." Yes, I th- I took that as him just trying to be charming, you know. Right. Yeah. So she, you know, so she just kind of let her like, "Okay, I can breathe. I can just have fun. Let's let's just audition." And then yeah, to get to get that phone call and be like, "Okay, well, you got it, but you still have a lot of work to do to try to win them all over." Right. Well, 
Then we see another flashback of Gwen with the baby. And it's obvious that she loves her son. She has a little boy. But her husband seems abusive. And he doesn't seem to want to work. I mean, she's telling him, look, we've got to get some money in because we have to pay the rent. Mm -hmm. And so I took it as her kind of doing his job for him. She shows up to see the Jack Cole dancers dance. And she actually approaches Jack Cole and tells him that she's there to to review the performance. But you know she's going to ask him for a job. <laughs> yeah. In the Vanity Fair article, they actually point that out. Nicole confirms, yes, she was writing for her first husband. Oh. Like, because he would not go to these shows to write the reviews. Oh. So then he didn't have anything to turn in. So then he wouldn't get any money. So she started going to the shows and writing the reviews. Ah, okay. That's exactly what was happening. And then, yeah, she she got hooked with Jack Cole and was like, I need to do that again. Right, right. And you could see as she's watching the performance that she's probably thinking, I can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, that's good. But if they did this or, ooh, I could do that. Right. So we cut back to Gwen in rehearsal for Children, Children. And her director, Joseph Hardy, is giving her a lot of notes. The difficult thing is he doesn't really, he's not clear about what he wants her to do. And she's feeling frustrated. And I, after watching that, I mean, if that's how he really was, I would have been totally frustrated with that. It's just like, just tell me what you want and I'll do it. You know, He, he was almost refusing to direct her, right. like her in particular. He just kept giving her, like you said, all these confusing and clouding directions. Right. So, yeah, so she goes to see Bob, and, and we know she's really going to see Bob to get some help with this role, but she goes under the guise of saying, hey, you really, you know, you still want the help editing, I'm here for you. And mm -hmm. she gets in the editing suite with him, and they start working together. Mm-hmm. So we see we see that she really wants the help. And then finally, she does ask him for some advice and shows him a monologue that she has to deliver. And, you know, she's having a hard time interpreting it. Yeah, it's it's really, you know, it must have been really hard for her to ask for that help, especially after she was like, no, I'm not helping you with editing because I've got this other job. <laughs> right, right. To go to Bob, who she's trying to, you know, separate herself from kind of physically, emotionally, all that, and then just be like, okay, I really need your help now. Like, I'm sure that just like broke her. Yes. And now we flash back to Gwen, who is handing her son over to her parents because she's going to go on the road with the Jack Cole dancers. And boy, her father is nasty. He calls the baby a bastard. He insults her. It's just terrible the way he treated her. Oh, very. Yeah, very hurtful. And you're the people that put her in the situation. Right. And and now you're calling her out for being in that situation. And all literally the only thing she's doing is making it better. Like she's going to better herself and then come back. And it's sad because I think she really doesn't want to have to hand over her child but what can she do because she has to make a living at this point she has left her husband and she's ready to move on so now we cut back to the editing facility 
where Gwen is asking Bob for help. And they discuss this monologue that we were talking about earlier. And the monologue involves an angel and a little boy. Well, actually, the little boy turns into an angel. And he says the rudest thing to her. He tells her to ask for a rewrite and tell them to make the angel a little girl because she has no experience raising a little boy. And she says a few choice words and walks off. (laughs) Yes, like you immediately could see the hurt in her face and the shock like that he would even say that or bring that up. Mm-hmm. And so she smartly leaves and just gets out of the situation. Yes. But I think he knew exactly what he was doing because that sparked something in her. So the next time we see her, she's in a, her um, rehearsal and mm-hmm. she's delivering that monologue and she's doing it beautifully. I mean, she's crying. You know, she's <laughs> very moving and sadly the director takes no notice it's really a shame all he does is tell her oh just give him the book one line before you did yeah i mean it's like pretty sad (laughs) and she's like i just spared my soul to you and this is ah yes so then we cut to another title card and it is the broadway opening of can can which was I believe her first big hit. And Gwen is so doing so well in this role. It's opening night. She goes off, she finishes her number, she goes off to do her quick change and she's out of her costume when she's being called back to the stage because the audience is chanting Verdon, Verdon, Verdon. <laughs> so she grabs yeah. a towel. <laughs> she grabs a towel and, and they drag her down there. <laughs> Get her on stage and she takes her bow. Right. In the, in the middle of a quick change like that. Again, I, I also follow Lin-Manuel's live tweets during the show. And in that scene, he is like, this is Broadway legend. Like people mm-hmm. z- whisper about this happening, you know, and wish that it would happen to them. Well, the interesting thing is, if you watch Gwen Verdon as an older woman, she was on the Rosie O'Donnell show. There's a clip on YouTube. And she tells that story, except if I'm and I may be misremembering it. But if I remember it correctly, when she tells the story, she explains that the towel wasn't completely wrapped around her. So when she turned around to leave, she kind of gave the audience a show. (laughs) Oh, goodness. But it's really a great interview if you get a chance to watch it. Right. Yeah. Oh, adding that to my list. I have a long list of uh, uh, good little clips you're telling me about. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I've been doing a deep dive. It's so interesting. So anyway, after we see her big triumph in Can Can, uh, we see Gwen sort of standing in her kitchen and just remembering and She's remembering her time on the st- in Can Can, and then we see her thinking about her son. And then the title card reads, New York, 1972, 28 years left, which means she has 28 years left on this earth. So that's where the episode ends. Ah! That was <laughs> a horrible ending. I know. After, after that emotional lift. 
And you're like, oh, okay, okay, come on, <laughs> next scene. And then poof. I know. I mean, it was emotional and it was, it's a little frustrating, but also really, a really, really effective ending. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Because yes. I cannot wait for the next episode. Yes, me too. So looking forward to the next one. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're going to touch on on the opening of Cabaret. Oh, they did show um, a clip that, you know, the movie is going to open. So that ought to mm-hmm. be interesting. Right. Yeah, they were kind of it looked like they were at a premiere. Mm-hmm. So that that's cabaret probably. Yeah, I'm lots of energy, lots of uh, back and forths there. Like this is when Gwen asks Bob, like, you have to help me. And mm-hmm. Bob's like, do you want me to tell him to rewrite it? So we're thinking maybe that's the director for Children, mm-hmm. Children. You know, like be. if, uh, but it could also be about, about cabaret. Like, was there more drama behind cabaret that we're going to learn about? Yeah, I don't know. Well, guys, any information you have, send our way. I want to know more information about what happens to Gwen next. I want to know more information about Children, Children. Why did it only last one night? I I have to know. It's driving me crazy. Um, (laughs) The deep dive continues. Yes. Was it really that bad? (laughs) Let us know. And you can reach us by email at theaterthing at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at It's a Theater Thing and our Twitter handle is at Theater Thing. So till next week, we'll be seeing you guys. Thank you so much, Aaron. Well, thank you for having me. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) 